Coming soon to a city near you, Vinitaly Roadshow. Have you ever wondered how to attend Vinitaly for free? Are you a wine trade professional interested in a sponsored trip to Vinitaly International Academy or Vinitaly, the wine and spirits exhibition? Coming soon to Princeton, New Jersey, Harlem, New York, and Chinatown in New York City, Cardiff in Wales, London in England, and Roost in Austria. We'll be giving away our new textbook, Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Find out more about these exciting events and for details on how to attend go to liveshop.vinitaly.com limited spots available sign up now we'll see you soon welcome to this special italian wine podcast broadcast this episode is a recording off clubhouse the popular drop-in audio chat this clubhouse session was taken from the wine business club and italian wine club Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. Uh, This is the show that happens every week, and we have ambassadors from all over the world who choose the um, producer they want to interview. And yeah, this is a very geeky show that does very well on the Italian Wine Podcast. We replay it on the podcast, and barring any, you know, technical snafus. This should be just uh, just fantastic. So today we have Wayne Young interviewing Marco Primozic. And I'm not sure I said that correctly, but I think I did. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, Wayne, I'm going intro- to give you a quick introduction here. I'm actually just, I should probably prep, I should probably tell you guys why you're talking to me instead of Stevie. Stevie is uh, currently on her way back from doing a via course in Austria. So she is uh, traveling as, as she does very often. So that's why I'm stepping in here. So <laughs> hope that's okay. So Wayne, how you doing? I am doing just fine. How are you doing, Joy? Fantastic. You know, you could be a radio presenter. Your voice is just so smooth. I'm Thank loving you. it. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's all of the um, it's all of the digital effects I have on my roadcaster. So it makes oh, me sound more smooth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we have one of those too, but I'm not using it. It's very pretty. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Because I, I have a podcast that I do here in Friuli called La Taverna, so I got to have a little bit of toys to play with. Oh, wow. I'm I'm loving I'm loving it. Okay. No, seriously. It's I, I spend all day editing audio and your voice is 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 awesome. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. It's very kind. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so here we are. I, um, I see here that, uh, well, you've done this before, actually, this clubhouse, haven't you? I remember you've done it more than once. I definitely remember that. But uh, from what I recall here, so you're an American living in Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. And you've exactly. been there since 1998. Where in the U.S. are you from? I grew up in New Jersey. I lived for about uh, 10 years in New York City, 
working in the wine business uh, in, at Wine Spectator and at, as a sommelier for some of Joe Bastianich's restaurants there. And then I came oh, here okay. to do a six-month experience, and here I am, 21 years later, still here. Right. You got into cellar work after the Wine Spectator and the Becco restaurant uh, in New York. Uh, exactly. And, and then you, you did a harvest, and that became four years. Where where did you do that harvest that you know converted you? Well, I was... Uh, I decided to leave the the restaurant world and Joe Bastianich was nice enough to send me to do the first harvest for his winery here in Friuli. Mm-hmm. So it, the, my idea was it was just going to be sort of an experience, go see how wine was made. And I ended up actually working in the cellar for five years. Awesome. Okay. No, no, that, you know what? I've always wanted to go and visit his winery. I'm a bit of a Joe Bastianich fan. Everybody knows this. I think he's pretty awesome. So cool. That's awesome. Um, so you then, uh, you got married and never looked back. You are exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any kids? No kids. Yes. Childless by choice. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair enough. I can totally get, I totally understand that. All right. So um, tell me, why are you um, now? I'm not sure. Marco Primus. Primozic. Primozic, yes. Yes, okay. Why Why did you choose Marco um, to interview today? Well, I, there's a couple of reasons why I chose Marco. Well, first of all is because he's uh, my first introduction to Ribola Jala, which is a really important native grape variety to Friuli. Um, and second of all, he is intimately involved, if not the the... the the reason why there is this Ribola di Oslavia group that creates these macerated uh, Ribola Jalo wines from this little village of Oslavia. And I think it's very um, important as sort of a model for the rest of Friuli to, to set their sights on. Okay. Okay. And um, so you, okay. So you've, you, you've been to his winery, you, 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 you understand, you, you've tasted everything. Okay. So, all right. Well, uh, what do you want to, us to take away from this? Like, what what would you like everybody to remember after this interview in terms uh, of learning? I would love everyone to remember what a great guy Marco Primozic is because we've okay. been friends for a long time. Um, and his wines are fantastic. And he's always super open to doing events and things like that. So I really want people to understand who he is and how his wines are. But I also want to you know, bring a little bit of attention to this Ribola di Oslavia project that they've been working on for a while, because I really, I think it's really important how seven producers can come together and make such an incredible impact on the wine world from a tiny village in the, the northeast corner of Friuli. Yeah, no, that is a lot of that. Yeah, that would take a lot of uh, a lot of organization, coordination. Uh, yeah, I could, I could totally get that. So I guess before I, uh, continue on, I, Marco, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Good evening. He- Hello. Good evening. So I'm going to uh, leave you in uh, Wayne's capable hands back at the end, uh, just in case there's, uh, any questions or, um, anything like that. All right, Wayne. Okay. Thank okay. you, Joy. Thank Perfect. you. All right. Well, here we are. Marco, thanks for coming yeah. all the way here to Corno di Rosazzo today at the Tasting Academy. Um, so obviously, you know, I know you, but the people who are listening may not know you as well. So tell me a little bit about yourself and about your winery. Well, 
thank you, thank you, wait. But after so nice words that you give to me, then and that's my and sorry guys, this is my first podcast. So if I talk some bad, don't kill me. Ah, don't worry. So, um, so uh, my name is Marco Primusic. Uh, Primusic sounds uh, like many family names here on the border between Italy and Slovenia. Uh, my family name uh, is like the winery name, and um, we have a very long story with the wine and uh, with the region we are living, especially with a small hill named Oslavia. Mm-hmm. Like many families in this region are engaged uh, for many generations in uh, winemaking. So my story is one of the story. And uh, me and my brother Boris are the third, fourth generation engaged in uh, winemaking. Okay. And uh, my father Sylvan started bottling in '60. Uh, uh, that's uh, a little the start of our family story. So he started bottling his family wines in 1960. Yeah, correct. Yeah. 1960. Yeah. Wow, that's a long time. It's very early for free William wine. Uh, special because we are in the region with terrible story. It's a story of First World War that moved all people away from this area. And then there was a Second World War just on the doors. That's mean uh, the very poor time. Uh, we are talking here in the region something between what's happened before First War and then the Renaissance after the Second World War. That means that the 60, it is the part of this Renaissance. Uh, okay. So your family was involved with in Oslavia and with winemaking even before the First World War. Yeah, yeah. There was my grandparents, Josef, okay. and the grand-grandparents, uh, Karl. Okay. And the Karl is a very important name in our family. Uh, all first son in uh, every generation have to be one with the name Carlo. Carlo or yeah, Carl, correct. yes. Yeah. Ah, okay. So how did you manage to escape Carl, or are you not the oldest? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm the oldest, but uh, there are uh, many families. So the, my uncle uh, was Carlo. Okay. And uh, my nephew is Carlo. So that's okay. uh, the, the, it's a never-ending story. So, gotcha. yeah. We are more known in Oslavia like the sons of the grand-grandparents, Carlo, like with Primozic family. So the, the, the two world wars were really traumatic for this area of, of Friuli, this border area between Friuli and what is now Slovenia. Yeah, you know, because the, there was the border. Uh, we are talking about the border between Eastern world and Western world. Okay. We are living in this small hill, but the board in, during the centuries moved so many times. And uh, we have deep roots. We stay there, but we have many stories to talk about that. So even though the border has moved, your roots have remained firm in Oslavia. Yeah, correct. Okay. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about the winery. How big is the winery at this point? And uh, has, have these vineyards always been in the family? Um, yeah, uh, the, um, we have the, um, some vineyards. Of course, the, the heart of the cellar is in you know, Slavia village. And then we have some vineyards in the areas, just a few miles around the winery in uh, San Floriano and uh, Lucinico, and uh, of course in, in Slavia. 
but uh, we are like a garagist, so a very small uh, winery. We are talking about just uh, a few thousand cases a year, just okay. not a million bottles. No, of course yeah. not. No, no, no. So, uh, so I, w- I want to talk a little bit about Fribola Jala because, um, full disclosure, I have not always been a huge fan of Ribola Jala, but... Um, I want to know, has Ribola Jala always been really, really important for where you come from? Has it always been part of your winery? There are two things about uh, Ribola Jala, and uh, because we are really all producers in Slavia, so, so fall in love with this grape. Uh, you have to understand the, the Colio area. Uh, it's, uh, of course, born the consortium in the 60s. This is the second more oldest consortium in Italy, is the next after the Chianti, that was the first. And uh, on that time and many years before, uh, the nobility was engaged to produce the wine. The farmer have just to work the land. Okay. And uh, the Slavia have a little different story and a special who are the nobility in the area. They are uh, Austro-Hungarian, so uh, Austrian families and uh, uh, connected uh, with some French families. And uh, that means that the nobility in the wine, the nobility of the wine was German grapes or German original grapes okay. and French grapes. Uh-huh. The only farmer grapes was the Ribola Gialla. Ah, so Ribola Gialla was, was more of a farmer's grape and not a, a grape for the nobility. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. And like farmers in Slavia, there was one of the mayors that we are a little rustic people, so we <laughs> love a little so be uh, on the other side, and, and that's mean Ribola Jala was the grape that we have cheese probably many centuries years ago. Or so they, always there are some old people that that they, talking us. Uh, we don't uh, follow the Ribola. But Ribola Jala catch the people in Slavia. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's okay. a nice story about the grape. So it really is part of that that particular area. Yeah. We're talking about Queen of Slavia. Yeah. So it's a lady, Ribola Jala. The other grapes are uh, uh, not female. Okay. Yeah. So it is it's the queen of Yugoslavia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um it was the, what was it about Ribola Jala that made the people of Oslavia fall in love with that with that great variety what was it that was that was so special um first of all we need to know that it is a very uh um, it's a grape that uh, grows well and need a very very good soil and very special condi- climate condition uh, to grow well if you plant that ribola jala in a very rich soil they produce a lot of yield with very poor grapes. That means uh, rich soil, poor grape, poor soil, very rich grape. And this, uh, the Ribola Jala grape is a grape with a very big bunch. It's probably five, six times much bigger, like a Chardonnay, for example. Okay. And that means a lot of worm. Needs a lot of? Water inside. Water inside. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of juice. A lot of juice. If you would like to produce a good wine, you have to put this grape in on the top of the hills 
in the much more poor soil with uh, less uh, organic material, with beautiful sun, and uh, you need really that this uh, gr uh, grape, uh, the, the growth of the vines, a little softer. And you find this kind of, uh, of uh, climate and soil, then produce a very good quality. And uh, the start some competition uh, uh, to, for producers to be really proud to produce the more poor grape, a very good wine. Ah, so the, 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 the competition was to produce as little as possible, yes. but very rich grapes. Yeah. Ah, okay. And, and that, that's uh, starting with the uh, face of grape. That's me. Ribola Jala is the only one grape that, that the bunch and the skin is gold. And uh, you really, if you see the, 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 the grape in, in the vines on the harvest time, you define this beautiful golden color and the other grapes could be green or, I don't know, so small beans. Good. Ribola Jala, it's big. It's a beautiful fruit. Uh, like farmer loves color and loves nice fruits. And this is the matter of love. Oh, okay. Is, is Ribola Jala... Early ripening, light ripening. When does is compared to other grape varieties? Well, it's a very late ripening. Uh, normally after the reds. It's after the reds. Yeah, first week in October for our region. Okay. So is is there something special about Oslavia that makes it great for Ribola Jala? Because it it really has become your grape variety in Oslavia. Uh, Oslavia is recognized inside. Is a a part of the hills of the Kolyo, but it's recognized that his poor soil, Ponca, and the nice wind from eastern cold wind Bora makes uh, this corner uh, very important, very nice for this kind of grape. We have some, uh, we're talking about wines of stone and wind. Uh, with this uh, beautiful sun, the catch, at the morning to the evening on the top of the hill, and uh, quite of ancient wines with very centuries-old tradition. The territory of Oslavia has a beautiful microclimate, and of course, without the labor of men, not, nothing happened. <laughs> of course, but uh, with this beautiful sunny slopes and nice ventilation, create an ideal habitat for this wine. Okay, so. We're talking about hillside vineyards. We oh. have some terraces in the hill. Terraces, yeah. okay. And um, then catch the right sun, the beautiful ventilation, and then uh, the magic soil, Ponca. Yeah, tell us yeah. a little bit about Ponca for those who maybe aren't familiar with what it's Ponca is. It's an ideal soil for Ebola Jalla. Origin of uh, Ponca is from geological point. Uh, it is an uh, ocean origin. Okay. Yeah. It's not volcanic or it was formed. So it comes from the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, correct. Okay. Exactly. Was uh, born 45 million years ago with sedimentation of the seabed. And uh, that's mean some stratification of different um, uh, minerals and uh, uh, sandstones. And then uh, uh, make a very poor soil in terms of organic material with a very good drainage, but rich in minerals. 
And this kind of soil gives just one chance to the vines. Put very deep the roots inside okay. the soil, catch the water, special for summertime, but have really the vines have to work hard to find some minerals and organic material. And this is a very good uh, balance between growing not too fast and uh, uh, with this slow growing means uh, make a very good concentration in some different of minerals. So what is very important then to produce the wine. So this is that, that struggle that you were talking about, that Rebola Jala needs that struggle to bring out its best. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's very important. Cool. So what about moving away sort of from the winemaking part, and we may get back to that a little bit later, but um, Rebola Jala has, has become sort of fashionable in Italy, I know the, uh, there was a big boom, and maybe there still is for Ribola Gialla all over Italy. Um, so what have, you know, what have been some of the, the challenges and the things that you've done to market Ribola Gialla in Italy, with obviously with great success, but maybe some of the challenges outside of Italy for Ribola Gialla for marketing? Yeah, uh, we have to put completely two different stories between Italy and outside Italy. Okay. Uh, in Italy, um, yeah, we are one of the um, wineries that are very, very engaged to promote Ribola Gialla grape. And I personally was really fall in love with this grape with the test. And my thinking was um, the wine is uh, so nice, so crispy, so beautiful, so drinkable, uh, so easy to uh, pair with so different kind of dishes. And, um, and uh, on the market uh, was very conventional, very local. And my thing was, which is the right way to com communicate special to um, the new generation? Uh, they are looking more for the uh, interesting wine, local wine, uh, to catch the attention of these uh, guys that are interesting to, to local wine. And uh, that just happened. Happened that in roughly in the year 2002, uh, starting an idea, idea about not so much to change the wine or change the packaging of the wine, because Ribola Gialla, Gialla means yellow. Yellow, yeah. Yellow is the color of the sun. And this grape has inside his name, or his name, the color. That means giallo. Okay. And the idea was, we have to communicate with a beautiful packaging. This means using the color of the name of the grape with a yellow label, but special uh, to catch the attention of uh, uh not conventional or classic wine lovers, but some more new youngs engaged more to uh, look uh, and catch some local grapes, uh, a different way of communication. And we're starting in very original way, uh, a collaboration with uh, supercar uh, importers uh, in Italy uh, to communicate with some events uh, about the Racconti Gialli. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Ah, okay, Racconti Gialli. 
which in English, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. In Italian, when you talk about Racconti Gialli, you're talking about mystery stories, right? Agatha Correct. Christie style mysteries. But here they're called uh, Racconti Gialli or Gialli to, for short, which is part of the name of Ribola Gialla, uh, because of the cover of the books. Exactly. Um, at one time they were published. So you knew that there was that type of yeah. If you go in the bookshop in Italy and you would like find a mystery, a book, mystery book, yeah, you just follow the color. And then if you find a yellow, a yellow book, book that means that you are oh, yeah. in the right place inside yeah. the bookshop. And uh, the um, uh, Porsche cars in Italy organized for not professional writers a competition uh, in different cities, many cities in Italy, uh, to talking about Gialli. And uh, we are part of this event mm -hmm. and uh, using uh, and, uh, this uh, communication uh, to Young's uh, books, a different way of talking about wine, uh, to promote uh, and increase the knowledge in, uh, to different uh, people, to different guys uh, of uh, uh, Ribola Gialla grape. Interesting. And that was very, very successful. After three years, two years of the many events and all the Italy start to be uh, increase the knowledge of uh, Ribola Gialla. And this event are in the best places in old uh, uh, coffee uh, bars in oh, Italy. Like a coffee house yeah. where like writers would hang out and oh, very smart. I love that. And, and, and that's really catch attention of the new generation, different way of talking about wine. And today in every place in Italy, you find in a wine list, a Ribola Gialla. That's mean that, um, yeah, what works well, sometimes uh, think different. I, I also believe that people just love saying Ribola Gialla. I think it's a little it sounds poem. nice. Yes, yeah. it sounds nice. So, um, yeah, I do remember you for a while driving around in a, in a very yellow Porsche. <laughs> and that was the lucky part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I was jealous. I was jealous. Um, so, I mean, we've talked a lot about that. How about outside of Italy? How did you, because I think outside of Italy is still a little bit more of a challenge um, for Ribola Gialla. It's become a phenomenon in Italy. What about in the United States as a big marketer? other markets around uh, the world. In, uh, starting in 2000, uh, of course, I traveled a lot to talking about Ribola Gialla grape, and it uh, was not easy because the wine is uh, very modern now, but at that time, um, the idea of, of important whites was full body, heavy, uh, very powerful, high in alcohol, and so many other things that Ribola Gialla isn't. Ribola Gialla is... Uh, uh, crispy, very elegant, low alcohol, rich mineralic, uh, mineral wine, mm -hmm. and uh, very delicate and elegant. So it was very heavy to talk about Ribola Gialla. Nobody knows the grape, nobody knows the wine, and the test uh, was not, uh, of course, uh, the right focus or the right file at that time. Um, Many very good uh, sommeliers around the world starting to uh, introduce Ribola Gialla, especially in the fish restaurants. Uh, we are looking for uh, more del delicate grapes. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's good that after 
20 years, a lot of a lot has changed. Okay. And they are not all following uh, so body heavy, high alcohol wise. And uh, it's a yeah, a new story, a new place for Ebola Jagrave. Much more easier today abroad. Yeah. Well, there's but there are two faces to Ribola Jala, especially in Oslavia, because yes, we do have this um, this fresh, low alcohol, which we're drinking right now. Um, really easy, wonderful with fish, summertime wine. But there's another side to uh, Ribola Jala, especially in Oslavia, which is the macerated style, the yeah. orange wine style. So is there something about Ribola Jala that's particularly good for this style of wine, for this macerated style. It is really the story of, of the grapes. The richness of this grape, it is in her skin. And uh, they will recognize the value or discover the skin. There was uh, the story of our grand-grandparents, and then it's uh, coming back. And uh, today, probably mostly, if you find the bottle of Ribola around the world, uh, probably is skin fermented. Okay. Yeah. This golden envelope that's the skin of Ribola is really the precious, is the richness uh, with his dense uh, polyphenolic okay. mineral components that's inside of, uh, uh, of the skin. Um, skin fermented Ribola, uh, it's the rediscovered uh, in Oslavia the authentic expression of this grape, the integrity of this grape. Um, the maceration gives the wine the expression, the right expression, um, this uh, fullest power, uh, but not alcoholic, mild, but really dry and, 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 and full of, of, of the skin. It's an evidence of this very uh, nice relationship uh, with Ribola Gialla and respect uh, this very old tradition that really knows our, our, our grandparents is uh, uh, something that's cam coming, coming back. It's coming. And, so yeah. this was more of the, the historic, the original way that Ribola Gialla was made when you talked about how it was the farmer's wine the farmers weren't drinking this super fresh and crisp Ribola Jala. They were drinking macerated Ribola Jala. Yeah, that's correct. Exactly. Um, this just uh, something that's happened with increase of technology in the 60s, uh, that all grapes are made in the same way, just crispy and easy, uh, some, sometimes watercolor, and uh, but that's we it's not it's not more don't exist more and that's a very good uh, uh, part of of the story uh, today we go back we recognize the good things of our grandparents knowledge that's mean um, catch the goods of uh, uh, skin fermentation uh, and uh, it's not uh, something talking about uh, un uh, or no enologist wine is not correct, but this knowledge is very important to produce the skin fermented wine too, because you need to know much more respect if you are working 
with spontaneous fermentation, no any ads, uh, no select, selected yeast. But that, this money, that doesn't mean that you don't recognize what's happened. Okay. You need to know. So is, is let's talk about Ribola di Oslavia because yeah. Ribola di Oslavia is actually a denomination. It's something that is codified and you can't just put Ribola di Oslavia in, on any bottle of wine. It has to be very particular. So can we talk a little bit about what Ribola di Oslavia is exactly? So some of the guidelines, the way that it needs to be made. Ribola di Oslavia is uh, some, a, a tradition that starts with a very uh, strong individuality in the 90s, special with two guys, uh, Stanko Radikon and Joško Grauner. And uh, in 10 years, uh, this uh, words increase uh, a reality that's an Oslavia style. Mm -hmm. And that means that some points of this uh, work means that it's a way of pioneers and they uh, make the route, but sometimes means they go away and sometimes means come a little back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, today means that we need to work in the vineyards in very organic way. Okay. That means that we have a spontaneous fermentation without any selected yeast, no any ads, no any sulfides, nothing. The uh, wine make a skin contact fermentation, that means first and second fermentation or mallow fermentation for minimum four weeks or a month. After that, move to uh, wooden barrels. Uh, no French brick, not because we don't love French people. Okay. That's just a matter of toast note or the influence of wood in the wine. Okay. We don't like any influence of toasted wood inside the wine. The, the only phenolic notes is from the skin, not from the wood. Okay. And then after two years in big wooden barrel, Slavonian wood, it's possible to bottle uh, Ribola di Oslavia wine. Okay. Uh, not only, Ribola di Oslavia has to be born in Oslavia, uh, vinificated in Oslavia and bottled in Oslavia. And not only, the vines have to be born in Oslavia. Okay. Well, just to give people an idea, Oslavia is how many people? How many people live in Oslavia? <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, less, uh, probably 160 people. Yes, so three we're not talking about Manhattan here. Yeah, no, we are talking about three miles, probably. Okay. And um, all working in the vineyards Yeah. and uh, seven wineries. Seven wineries. So when did this this sort of group of seven producers start to come together? Or to, to, to sort of codify or, or define what Ribola di Oslavia is? This started uh, after um, uh, 2005. Uh, me and Stanko Ragnarok started talking about uh, the knowledge of the Ribola Gialla. That means it was less. And a special um, um, understand the, uh, how much is important to work together 
to share experience. Special is nothing is written. And uh, so the, that means we really start to uh, put friends uh, from the village okay. on the round table uh, talking about the Ribola Jala and in a very spontaneous way uh, that's uh, really um, nice connection of friends move to another step and realize that uh, we can work to direction to realize uh, Anoslavia style, not of winemaking. Okay. And to give to our sons uh, uh, and daughters. Uh, uh, and daughters, of <laughs> course, uh, um, a milestone okay. that don't exist before. And this not only, we realize that many old people that are working in the vineyards, that spend the life in the vineyards, uh, there was the generation, people born uh, in roughly 30s, 40s, that people 70, 80 years old. They have a lot of stories to tell, a lot of knowledge because of our hills. And we would like catch all the stories. And uh, together with Seminario Veronelli, we will write a book. Ah. And all together is uh, not uh, a book that told the story in commercial way. It's really the milestone of Oslavia. Of Oslavia. Yeah, so these seven producers are yourself. Okay, so yeah. Primozic, we mentioned Gravner, Radikon. What uh, are the others? Uh, then uh, Dario Princic. Dario Princic, okay. Uh, La Castellada. Right. And uh, uh, Figel, Figel and Il Carpino. And Il Carpino. Yeah. So these are the seven producers who yeah. make, and only these seven producers can make Ribola di Oslavia. Uh, yes, yeah. that's exactly it's correct. Was there a lot of... Um, was it very difficult to get seven producers to agree? Yes, of on, course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know how we are here in, uh, in, in, in uh, Colio. In, in uh, Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Easy personality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, heavy That's individuality. Sarcastic. Yeah. Very yeah. individual. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so how did you manage to make everyone happy? Um. Really, uh, it's a nice story because it's really the love for our village. Um, our fa old family with very deep roots with this beautiful hill. And uh, really, it's a place where love to live in, uh, to preserve the, the village where we are living. And that's the part of uh, wine growing too. That's mean how you are working. Sometimes asking me, you are working biodynamic, you are you working biologic, you are working organic. No, we are working in the place we are living. Okay. It's much more important. Okay. And uh, so this respect, it's really the connection uh, for the place where we are staying, where we are living, where we are working, where we are spending our life. It is the uh, right connection. And then we find in in Ribola Jala, like uh, a scene or something that uh, helps to stay together. Okay. And it's like a gamble. And in my experience, it's, it's been really great tasting through different producers of Ribola di Oslavia because they all have a lot in common, but that each one has their own personality. 
So it's, it's not like, if it, you know, you might think seven producers making sort of the same wine with the same rules in the same place, that they would all be the same wine, but they're not. They're, each one has a very, very distinct personality. That's correct. So exactly. how, how, does, how does each producer keep their personality in their Ribola di Oslavia? Oh, that's not, this is not easy. I'm not easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's the best way is coming in Slavia, visit the winery, talking ah, with okay. the producer, uh, test the wine, and really uh, make this personal experience. Mm -hmm. um, my answer it is that um, um, with same rules, that, that doesn't mean that we have the same wine. The same rules means that we work uh, with the respect of this uh, position, of this kind of rules, or this kind of vision. Okay. But we don't lose the nice uh, part of wine that is talking about wine, sitting together, testing the wine, uh, talking about every vintage, a different story. Uh, because we can put so many rules, but every vintage is completely different. And uh, uh, the wine with, with aging, with staying, uh, and then uh, the spontaneous fermentation, uh, it's really a gamble. Is it? Yeah, that's yeah. mean, uh, it's, it, it's the matter how being lucky this year or not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a gamble, yeah. yeah. So we, we talked a little bit about just to sort of finish up on the wines, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the crispy, fresh aspect of Ribola Jala when it's done in a certain way. How would you describe the Ribola di Oslavia with this maceration? What kind of feeling would you be getting from, from a taste of this wine? Uh, first of all, it's like uh, a white red that's made of the start a new wine color in the wine world. We are talking about orange, orange wine. Yeah. We are not all falling in love with this name, but it is the name of the wine today. Exactly. We prefer amber wine because the, the color is so much between gold and amber. And uh, I think this first touch, it is really, uh, if you see inside the glass, uh, look the the glass of the wine, this amazing color. That's the first touch with uh, Ribola di Oslavia. And then the nose, uh, because uh, the Ribola Gialla is a very neutral wine if fermented without skin. But if it's orange, amber fermented, it became amazing richness. So many, this competition between bacters and yeast during the fermentation, uh, without any ads, increase amazing complexity because many kinds of yeast working then we have play between high temperature, uh, extracting from the skin, from the juice, working the skin, working the juice, and creates amazing complexity. And then this wine aged minimum two, three years in a big wooden barrel. Uh, that means they increase the complexity in the nose. And this is just first touch before testing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Before you even put the wine in your yeah, mouth. Yeah. Correct. And then if there's the wine, um, uh, they happen two things. First is, oh, phenolic notes, uh, quite aggressive together with the acidity. It's like if you test some spicy dishes. 
first touch with a spicy dish is just spicy. But second and third test, your mouth don't realize, don't move only on the spicy notes. Uh, recognize so many things. The same is with the orange wine. Okay. First test is just phenolic, it's just uh, dry, it's just tannic, it's just the acidity. But then if we test and retest, uh, we find inside a big world of aromas, many things, uh, completely different richness. And uh, it's something that uh, have two chances, fall in love or really not like. <laughs> so there's no middle ground. Correct. Yeah, exactly. exactly. What do you drink Ribola di Oslavia with when you're at home? Oh, what uh, do you pair it with? Uh, we are very, uh, the, the fantastic dish. We are near Adriatic Sea. I just traveled to here today and I look on my uh, right side of the street, the mountain with the snow. Yeah. And uh, on the left, the Adriatic Sea. In half hour, you are between Adriatic Sea and uh, on the nice mountain, and this beautiful Adriatic Sea provides uh, so nice Sardonia Sardoncini, the anchovies, ah. yeah, and the fried anchovies with uh, ribola is something crazy. Really? Yeah. It's the amazing pairing. Okay. So what about some other projects just beyond sort of the wines in Oslavia? I know that you guys are also developing other ways to sort of promote not just the wines, but Oslavia as a place. Tell, tell me a little bit about that project. We understand that uh, all we guys, uh, it's an Oslavia, beautiful young generation of producers, the new generation, and uh, they travel a lot. Uh, they have the chance to talk about the Ribola abroad, but at the end we realized that to really understand well the wine, the work, it is really to visit, to come and visit Oslavia. Uh, we are very lucky because we are uh, the last corner of Italy, forgotten corner of Italy, the last hill in Italy for so many years. We don't have industry, we don't have any highway, we don't have, uh, at the end, nothing. Our lovely hills, but today, there's the richness, it is that we don't have only vineyards, but they're nice balance in the nature with the respect of uh, um, the green, of the grass, of the vines. Uh, that's an amazing, beautiful combination. But to understand the things you have really come to visit, to relax, to spend the time, to talk with the people. And the only one way it is to do this. And our project for the next future, it is coming in Oslavia, visit us, we have to provide, but for this, uh, we, of course, it's, we are talking about a niche. Mm -hmm. uh, this, we are then talking about of a uh, million of people, this <laughs> three miles place. Right, know? yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, we are working really uh, to invite uh, wine lovers to coming and to understand much better what we do there. You've, you've created a, sort of like a percorso, like a, a hiking trail yeah. through with little tables and stops. In, in yeah, each, the table, each producer has their little stop it, along the way. It's correct, exactly. Uh, each producer in, in some special place inside the vineyards where you can 
see the work of, of the man and the beautiful of the nature, but the place where you can relax and uh, really enjoy the view and the nature. Okay. So we've spoken about Ribola Jala. We've spoken about Ribola Dioslavia. Are there any other products from your winery that you're particularly proud of beyond Ribola Jala? No. But, you know, we are here in this corner. Ribola Jala is our queen. Uh, but uh, we cannot uh, uh, forget that we are in the Friuli Venezia Giulia. And uh, that means uh, Friulano is a very important grape. It's a, a flagship of our region. It's a flagship wine. And uh, the, the Malvasia Istriana starts from the Colio to the Istria. Uh, and then we are talking about mostly indigenous grape and uh, with a very long tradition with uh, our terroir, with uh, our story. So the, the, the first wine, of course, Ribola Jala, but in the same way, Malvasia and Friulano. Friulano. How yeah. about some red wines or sparkling wines? Um, Ribola Jala works well uh, for sparkling too. Do you make sparkling Ribola Jala? With with some uh, Pinot Nero, Pinot Noir, ah, yeah, yes, not hundred percent Ribola Gialla. It's delicious. Uh, we love some more tanning together from reds uh, with uh, Ribola Gialla, and uh, uh, we really try to to work uh, in contact with the skin, with uh, Friulano, and uh, uh, a gamble with Pinot Grigio too. Uh, ah, with Pinot Grigio as well. Yeah, because Pinot Grigio at the end is a grape. Um, with the pink skin, of course, and uh, white juice, but fermented with the skin is completely different, different wine. And um, too much uh, boring Pinot Grigio around the world. <laughs> and this is the matter that we would like work hard uh, on this grape uh, because it's, it's a crazy interesting grape with a lot of power, with a lot of energy, with uh, uh, a lot of potential for aging. Nobody talk about Pinot Grigio with aging potential. Yes, taste it, and it's a very interesting grape. So what are you doing with, with Pinot Grigio? A short contact with skin, okay, and, and then aging in big barrel. But uh, the, for us, the, the, the goal it is really catch not too much phenolic notes from the skin, to preserve some aromatic notes, classic from Pinot Grigio, uh, and uh, find uh, the, the right balance uh, uh, between body and uh, acidity and phenolic notes. Okay. Yeah. Any new projects, anything on the horizon, something that you're working on that's coming soon or coming in the future, something you would love to do? Um, our hard work, it is, of course, uh, in two ways. One, it is uh, we would like uh, preserve the tradition of Ribola Jala grape, um, really uh, uh, for generation, for generation, we don't like lose the story of Ribola Jala grape. The original taste of Ribola Jala grape is the first. Uh, the second is the part of our story because we are not born uh, like winery in the last 20 years uh, and talking about only uh, this 
special of war between conventional and natural wine. Uh, I don't agree with this point of view. And probably our future wine is something that's more than natural, more than conventional. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, um, Laika and uh, Joy, I've basically gone through so many things here with poor Marco. Um, Maybe there are some questions out there that you would like to ask or someone maybe in uh, the clubhouse room that would want to ask Marco something. Hey, Wayne. Hi, Marco. Um, Questions from the audience, though. Let me just check with Joy. Joy. Hi, Joy. Well, that was an awesome, awesome. I loved it. That was super. And you know what? There was details in that interview that I thought were so interesting, especially the, I did not know about the yellow books in Italy. Yes. I had no idea. Like, that is so cool. I'm going to totally look for that next time I'm in a bookstore. I'm assuming they still do it, right? Do they still do that? I don't know. Yes. Yeah, they still do. So if you find a book that's yellow, it's a mystery book in the bookstore. But some special old collection Yeah, uh, you can find uh, in in, uh, not in in the right bookshop. Exactly. I mean, you know, even when you talk about television shows that are like mystery shows or whatever, they still call them jolly. Um, and I think there's even a whole channel dedicated to to John. John yeah. yeah, exactly. Correct. Awesome. No, that's so cool. No, that was wonderful. And I think that you did a great job, Wayne, of, of showing everybody about how like you wanted to show people just, you know, what kind of person Marco was. And I think you did a good job. T- that was really great. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, like I said, I, Marco is not just a, a great producer, but he's also a really good friend. So cool. it's a pleasure great. having thank you here. Oh, I love it. So I am going to, because we're about the end of time uh, for this one hour, I want to just um, tell people that this is going to be replayed on the Italian Wine Podcast. And should anybody have any questions at all for Marco or Wayne, please can you either text Laika, okay, DM Laika, or you can also just send me an email at info at italianwinepodcast.com. And I will forward that and um, we'll get you the answer. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for, for taking the time to be on this program today. And um, I hope you have a wonderful evening. Well, you too. Thank you, you too. very much for the for the opportunity. It's always a pleasure coming on uh, on, on your guys' clubhouse. And obviously, thank you, Marco. Oh, thank out. you. Thank you, you all. All thank right. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. Evening. Thank you, Laika, for all of the behind-the-scenes work. I know that it's, it's doesn't, it seems like this happens spontaneously, but it doesn't. Um, and we've been in touch, and I know that we skipped this back in December, I think, when I had COVID. So thanks for the patience as well. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Grazie. Grazie thanks, everyone Bye, who guys. came to listen. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Grazie. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cheen cheen.